He is the rest wherein the weary are caused to rest. There's some in this house tonight that you're weary. You're tired. You fought some hard battles. And I'm giving away my title tonight. I'm going to read the word of the Lord. But I've just come with a word from the Lord tonight for somebody that God sees you. Did you hear me? He still sees you. He has seen you. He will always see you. Do not think for one moment that God's eyes are not watching. That they're not looking to and fro, searching. Watching you, seeing what you're facing, what you're going through. The impossible situations. When the answer doesn't come. Where do I find my, where, where does Zach Wright find his rest? And knowing that God still sees me. He hasn't forgotten about me. The devil will come into your life. And he'll try to tell you, he'll try so hard to tell you. God's, God's forgot about you. God's removed from you. He's so far away. The creator of heaven and earth. He's so distant from you. He's not going to hear you. He's not going to see you. He doesn't know what you're facing or what you're going through. But the Word of God says He bridged that gap. Where Job said he wasn't touched. He desired a God that would be touched with the feelings of his infirmities. With the feelings of his pains, his struggles, his aches, his burdens. But Jesus Christ came to be that to you and I. So he's not left you. He's not forsaken you in this house today. And he's, he's constantly mindful of you. God is looking to you. He sees your situation. He sees every tear that falls. He sees the burden that you carry, the weight the struggle, the aches, the pains, the hardships, the anguish that you've seen in your life. In Jesus' name. If you go to the book of Psalms with me, chapter 34, we're going to read verses 15 through 19 for your reading today. Familiar scripture. If you like the book of Psalms, I've always read chapter 34 as an encouragement in my life. I'm so thankful for the Psalms of David. You have to understand he didn't write this from a perspective of being set free. David didn't write the Psalms from a perspective of being victorious in the midst of his situations. But David wrote the Psalms as a declaration moving forward. As a declaration that he would be set free, that he would come out even in the midst of places like a cave where he was all alone with no one to turn to. He rejoiced in the Lord. Hallelujah. Thir Psalms chapter 34 verses 15 through 19 say this. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. He hears that faintest cry, right? 
Verse 16, the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. This is in response to the unrighteous. The Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Oh, Lord, don't let us be found there. Verse 17, the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and deliver them out of all their troubles. Verse 18, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but, but the Lord delivereth them, him, excuse me, out of them all. Not some of them, not a portion of what we face, but them all. God's bringing us out of it all. God sees you today. Would you put your Bibles down your device? Would you pray with me that God would continue to have his way? Lord, in Jesus' name, we submit to your leading. Lord, we submit to your word, your way, and your will, God. Lord, we need you tonight, God. Lord, we hunger and we thirst for you, God. Lord, we need more of you and less of us tonight, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Let us decrease that you might increase, as Paul said, God. Hallelujah in this place tonight, God. Remind somebody, Lord, I've come to be a reminder tonight that you see their afflictions, God. Lord, as the children of Israel were held in captivity in Egypt, God, you saw their afflictions. And through their affliction, they were strengthened, God. They grew greater, God, even in the midst of affliction. Lord, and then you brought them out greater than they entered in, God. Lord, in Jesus' name, bring us out greater God Lord in this place today in Jesus name in Jesus name if you believe it would you put your hands together and receive it hallelujah you may be seated you may be seated in the name of the Lord we all desire to be seen we all have this innate desire within ourselves to see and be seen feeling seen is a state in which part of our identity, our emotions, needs, and our physical presence get fully recognized through various means such as representation, validation, support, or inclusion. How many of us enjoy that? We like that. We like being included in something. We, we like feeling a part of something. That's why we had life group fair today. That's why we've got opportunities for you to connect to the kingdom of God is so that you can be seen and you can feel seen and you can be a part of something. The opposite of feeling seen often leaves us feeling, here we go, the not so fun part, leaves us feeling invisible, unheard and neglected. This is where the statement comes into play, and I've said it often before. I've had discussions with people before, but where you say the statement that I could be in a room full of people and feel all alone because you've not been seen, you've not been noticed, you've not been heard, you've not been included. All of us at some point in our life have experienced that, and we don't enjoy it. We don't like it. So therefore, we should strive to include everyone that we can. When we see somebody hurting, when we see somebody that doesn't feel apart or doesn't feel included, it is our duty as a believer to reach to those. I don't care if you like them. I don't care if you enjoy to be around them. I don't care if they said something that hurt your feelings. Whatever the case may be, it is our job and duty as a believer to reach to those who don't feel included. 
Those that don't feel heard. Those that don't feel a part. Now there's some things you've got to understand the context I'm coming at. You've got to understand what I mean tonight. I'm not talking about a political agenda. I'm not talking about things of this world. I'm talking about the things of God and a pursuit of God. Those who are in pursuit of the things of God, being pleasing to God, fulfilling ministries and outreach or fulfilling all kinds of things in the kingdom of God. That's what I'm talking about feeling included in. I'm not talking about personal agendas or wants and desires but I'm talking about being included in the kingdom of God while it's not often noticed feeling seen by others can also be an incredibly empowering experience the recognition of various parts of our being helps us feel connected to others less isolated not by ourselves anymore and more understood together. Being seen allows others to help us meet our needs, believe it or not. When we see others, we help them fill their need, but also by filling their need, we fulfill our own need and desire. That's why we're blessed to be a blessing. Because we're helping someone else. We're being a blessing to them. Being seen allows others to help us meet our needs and vice versa. To varying degrees, being seen helps us know when someone lacks support and helps us solve more complex problems that we would even notice any other way. But we've got to see the need. We've got to see people. As pastor has said over and over again, we've got to celebrate with those that celebrate. We've got to ache and hurt with those that ache and lift them up out of the pit that they're in in the moment. But we can always do better. There's always room for improvement. <laughs> There's always room for improvement. It helps us solve more complex problems and issues together as a team or for us as the body of Christ. It helps us go a little further to go a little bit deeper by seeing someone else. That's why we have varying ministries. That's why we have service-oriented ministries like Glen Acres and going and serving there. That's why someone felt the need, and I don't know who you are or I'd acknowledge you personally, but the soup kitchen and the whole situation with that, it's because we're acknowledging the need of others. We're letting them know that God sees them. We might know that God sees us, but do they know that God sees them? You see, there's a dilemma in being seen by God. When we're seen by God, we know he's there. We know he's present. We know he can move, and we desire him to move, and he will. But also when we're seen by God, he sees everything. He sees our shortcomings. He sees our shortfalls. He sees where we failed, where we've fallen. We're exposing ourselves when we desire to be seen by God. We're like David dancing in the streets where he took off his outer garment and he danced before the Lord in just his undergarments. But what a beautiful presence of God that we experience when we're willing to expose ourselves. When we acknowledge that we're nothing without God. 
when we acknowledge that we can't accomplish anything in it of ourselves, that we don't have the ability within ourselves to even reach our world like we desire to reach our world. Tippecanoe County, Lafayette and surrounding areas. How do we reach them? By letting them know that they're seen and that they're heard. That there's a church that sees them. That there's a church that recognizes them. Even those that no one else wants. Even those that no one else desires to reach to. The drug addicted. The lame. The maimed. The hurting. The drunken. The prostitute. Oh, Some of you turned that off, didn't you? Do we forget who God reached to himself? When he robed himself in flesh? You forget about the walls of, but I, I talked about the walls of Jericho falling, but, but think about it. Rahab, the harlot, she was the avenue that God flowed through to bring forth victory. So because you're unwilling to reach someone that's even a harlot, what are you preventing God from doing here? That is between the eyes. I got a lot of fingers pointing back at this guy right here. So please don't think I'm judging anybody in this place tonight without pointing all those fingers back at myself. I'm not without fault. I'm not without failure. I'm just like you. No different. Tonight, I hope I'm just a vessel. I told my daughter on the way over here as I begin to fill the weight for tonight. I told her, Samantha, I'm just a vessel. She said, what are you talking about, Dad? A vessel. She said, I'm an empty, willing vessel, ready and willing to be used of God. That's all God wants. To be his hands and his feet, his mind and his heart. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God even sees those that are not the people of the promise. Genesis chapter 16 and verse 13 picks up in the midst of a story. It says, and she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, thou, God seest me. For she said, have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Who was this? Who was this? Hagar. It was Hagar who Abraham had laid with, who he had had uh, uh, conceived rather, not had yet, but he had conceived a child with this woman, this servant, Hagar. Even Hagar was able to be seen by God. Later on, the scripture picks up in the midst of her, her fleeing from the presence of Abraham and Sarah. God sees her again and makes provision for her and the child. Why? Because they were still attached to the promise, even though they weren't the promise or the avenue that the ultimate promise would flow through. God sees those who don't see him, who refuse to acknowledge him, who refuse to submit to him. God still sees them. Whether we like it or not. 
love it, hate it, whatever, God still sees them. And he sustained them in the midst of that situation because they were still attached to that promise. What blessing can you be to those in your life just by attaching them to the promise? No, they may not receive the word. They may not submit to what you say. They may not submit to the will of God. They may not ever darken the doors of the church. They may never come to know God. But you can still tether them to the promise. You can still let them taste. You can still give them an opportunity. Hallelujah. Even those who don't see and acknowledge God, God sees them. And he created them. They were still fearfully and wonderfully made by God. It's hard to take these physical eyes off sometimes to see that in people. Because we see what they do. We see where they go. They see, we see what they partake in. <laughs> but God, give us your eyes. I pray that tonight God gives us his eyes to see. Not our own. That we begin to see as God sees. Oh, what an amazing experience that you and I all could have if we could see as he sees. If we could see people the way that he sees them. For their potential. For the character that they are in Christ. Or who they can be. Hallelujah. The fourth chapter of the book of John. I'm not going to read it for the sake of time. But uh, verse 25 and 30 goes into the story. But there's a woman who comes to a well. She just came to fetch some water. She just came to sustain herself just for another day. She came just quick, trying to quench her thirst. Little did she know that Jesus himself had already come as well. The master of all the universe. She has an experience with him. She didn't seek him out, but he sought her out. Why? Because he's a God that sees. He saw a woman and he asked her, where's your husband? <laughs> well, my story's a little complicated. I didn't like number one because of this. I didn't like number two because of that. I didn't like number three. And number four I just didn't get along with, so I found number five. <laughs> Woo. Help her, Jesus. And he did. <laughs> I told my one class that you're going to experience every emotion with me. I'm a mess. I'm sorry. I make you laugh. I make you cry. But hopefully I help you feel the spirit of God too. Jesus. Name. God saw her before she ever even came to the well. 
He knew she was going to be there, and he was patiently waiting. I can't wait till she gets here. Her life's about to get turned upside down. <laughs> can, you, can you see Jesus sitting there? She thinks she knows. She even discusses with him about where to worship. Where do we worship? Which temple? Where do we go? What happens? He makes a statement to her, if you had known who you were in the presence of, because I see you where you're at. She says she didn't have a husband. He says you answered well, because you had four, and the fifth one you're with is not your husband. But in the midst of that, he lets her know that if you had known who I was, you would have asked me for a drink, and I wouldn't have had to ask you for a physical drink. God, robed in flesh, knew this woman right in her situation and her circumstance. Why? Because he's a God that sees. He knew what she had been through. He knew the messy past that she experienced, yet he sought her out. He pursued her. The one that the world rejected, the one who others saw her by her past with no chance at redemption, the one lost sheep, he saw her wandering afar off. Aren't you glad he saw you? Aren't you glad he acknowledged you? Aren't you glad he sees still past your mess? Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Because I fail you. But you see past my faults and my failures. You see my potential when I don't see it myself. You see my heart when I don't feel like I can even bear it or share it. You see it, God. You see it, God. He's a God who sees when you are seen and you know that you are seen by God, nothing else matters except, in the Samaritan woman's case, telling everyone about what you just experienced. Isn't it amazing? Jesus always said, go and tell no one. But they went and told everybody. And then a crowd gathered. And then he had to feed the 3,000 and the 5,000 and... He always had to do something else. <laughs> Here comes a boy with five loaves and two fishes. I might as well, you know. Come on, Peter. <laughs> because he's a God that sees even the need of the people that gathered to hear him speak. He sees. He's a God who sees. Luke 19, 1 through 6 picks up in another powerful story. I often cling to this story. I've talked about this and preached about this story several times when we were at the church in Logansport. Verse 1 says, in Luke 19, 1 through 6, excuse me, can't remember if I said that or not. It says, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see 
Jesus who he was. He had heard and had been noised abroad, but he wanted to see who he was. And could not for the press. Where have we heard that before? The woman with the issue of blood. They thronged him. It was the press of the crowd. You have two options when God is surrounded or when you feel like Jesus is surrounded with the needs of others. You can go up or you can go down. But either way, you can still get to Jesus. <laughs> because he was little of stature. Kids used to give me a hard time in Sunday school. We'd sing that song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little. You know it. And they'd point at me the whole time. Huh? His name's Zach. <laughs> I just lost it all, didn't I? <laughs> That's you. You're short. You're a little guy. Your family's little guys. <laughs> Because he was short in stature. <laughs> I may be little, but our neighboring pastor of the PAW church there in Logansport used to call me trouble for a reason. <laughs> I know he called Brother Robinson, or Pastor Robinson that too. <laughs> he would tell me all the time, you two, we get you guys together. What's going You guys are trouble. <laughs> You guys are trouble. Okay, we're past the stature. <laughs> Verse 4, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Someone had told him, someone had beckoned him, someone had given him instruction that this is the place that Jesus is about to come by. That's what we are to other people. Jesus comes by at Star City Church. Jesus visits, the presence of God fills. This come with me and be right here at this moment at this time. 10 a.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Why? Because he's about to pass by. But he's not going to pass by without doing something or changing the atmosphere or the situation. Hallelujah. Verse 5 says, and when Jesus came to the place... He looked up and saw him and said unto him. So he didn't just see him. He was the God who sees in that moment. But he didn't just see Zacchaeus. He saw him and he said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. Verse 6, and he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. When you desire to be seen by Jesus, not other people, but in this moment when you desire to be seen by Jesus, there's no mountain, there's no valley, there's no situation that you can face that will stop you from being seen by the master of all the universe. What I say, you can go below or you can go above. The throng might uh, throng him. They might press him. But there's always an option, my friend. You can go below. Or you can seek him out from above that he may see you 
and see that you just need the fellowship of his presence. That's what Zacchaeus desired. The fellowship of the Almighty. Something I like to point out in the story is that the tree referenced is not just any old sycamore tree. This tree referenced was actually more of a sycamore fig tree. This tree carried a distinct meaning because the prophet Amos is noted for pruning and treating the fruit of the tree of the sycamore fig in order for it to ripen. It needed the assistance of those who would treat the tree to be able to ripen, to be edible, to eat. Think about that, church. The people that come into the kingdom of God, the people with Brother Bryant, and with Brother Partridge and CYC 101, guess what? What are they doing? And what are the rest of us responsible for? All right, we got to get these folks to ripen. We got to help them ripen. We got to get them into the presence of God. We got to help them be seen by God. Why? Because we need that change to take place. But it can only come from God with our assistance. It was distinctly different in the sense that the sycamore fig's branches were very strong and widespread in a lower fashion, also bearing lateral branches, making it easier for Zacchaeus to climb and, if need be, easier to hide himself if he did not want to be seen. But that tree was planted there for a purpose. Years before Zacchaeus ever came on the scene, there was a God who sees, who beckoned someone to plant a sycamore fig tree that Jesus would pass by. That's why pastor drives home obedience, 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 obedience. Why? Because you can bring about the promise through obedience for someone else. Obedience isn't just about us. And it's not just about pleasing him in the moment. But it's about bringing forth a greater purpose. The tree even had a role to play. It was there with a purpose. God sees you tonight. In case you didn't realize it, God sees you tonight. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness. Proverbs 15 and 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Dividing, seeing what's going on, seeing what we're doing. That's the exposure part I talked about of being seen by God. We're exposing him to our inner man. The scripture refers to the light of Christ shining into every crevice and place of our lives. But it's not to expose us to others, but to expose us to him so that which should not remain could be plucked out. And that which should be put in could be put in. 
to purify, to purge. That's why his word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts deep to the heart. But that double edge pulls out something. It changes the elements of your situation. Pulls out of the heart of a man. Jeremiah 12 and 3 says, But thou, O Lord, knowest me, you. Thou hast seen me and tried my heart toward thee. Why does he see you to try your heart? He sees you to try your heart. Second Chronicles 16 and 9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. It's all right here. He's looking for those with a heart of pursuit towards him. He's looking for those. He's looking throughout all the earth, searching. Pastor referenced it this morning, looking for faith in the earth. He's looking from east to west, north to south. Does he find faith in you? <laughs> Does he find faith in you? I'm coming to a close. Psalms 33 and 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. Upon them that hope in his mercy. For his mercies are fresh and new each and every morning. But that ultimate mercy is what? Making heaven our home. Making it to the very end. If the music would go ahead and come. Psalms 121 and 8. The Lord shall preserve thy going out. And thy coming in from this time forth. I like the last part of that though. And even forevermore. You see, God doesn't just see you now. God didn't just see you in the past. But he actively sees you tonight. He's looking for hearts that are turned towards him. He's looking for those that will seek him. He's looking for those that are hungry for him. And desperate for a move in their lives. Just like I felt all across the prayer room before service tonight. That desperation. For a move of God's spirit. Because when God finds faith, when God sees you, how does God respond? Based upon our responses, how he responds. But just like I described what's taking place in Kentucky for from people that don't even, young kids, teenagers, and, and young adults. They're just hungry 
for God who sees. I believe God's pulling for some hearts tonight. I know this is a simple thought tonight. But I just wanted to be a reminder, if nothing else tonight, that we serve a God who sees you. He's not just a God that sees. As I began to look this up the last couple days, I saw songs that folks have wrote about the God who sees and people who have broken down why he sees, how he sees. But tonight, I wanted to remind us that God sees you. As an individual, as a family. And He desires your praise. He desires a heart after Him. Because verse 18, we read it of Psalms 34. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. And he saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. 